welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast. And today we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder, which is the fourth Thor movie. And yep. I guess maybe the fifth movie out of this phase. Black Widow, Sunshine, Eternals. Well, I don't feel like this on Doctor Strange. So this yeah, Doctor Strange. So it is the fifth. So this one is directed by Taika Waititi, who also had done Thor Ragnarok, which was a very critically acclaimed movie. This one is written by Taika Waititi. It's also written by Jennifer Caitlin Robinson and stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, who was in the first two movies, and Christian Bale. The synopsis is Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight Gore, the god butcher who intends to make the gods extinct. So the movie starts off with Christian Bale, who is Gore, the god butcher, finds his god. And his god is kind of pompous and very off-putting. So he kills his god and then sets out to kill the other gods, Thor being one of those gods. Big Mike... How do you feel about Thor Love and Thunder? You know, if I'm being honest, <laughs> I fell asleep twice. Anybody that knows me knows I don't go to sleep on Marvel movies ever. Yeah. Like, even the worst yeah. of them, I've never gone to sleep. Even Black Widow, as much as I struggled, I didn't go to sleep. Movie theater, I swear I missed like a couple fight scenes, maybe, because I was just goes off. I've seen people argue online and say, like, even see one meme that was like, it's okay for a Marvel movie to be a comedy. And I said, well, yeah, we know that because we had comedy with Ragnarok and it worked. Yeah. Ragnarok was still a good film. I'm like, this has nothing to do with the fact of it being a comedy other than maybe that going like way over the top with some of the quote unquote jokes or bits to me. A couple times I'll laugh here and there. uh, I think. Based off of the last time that we saw Thor, the whole fat Thor, that was no longer funny. So I'm glad they kind of transitioned out of that. Like, all of that was fine. But like I said, after a while, some of the jokes just got to be real corny to me. And I'm just like, I get something working once. And so Marvel, I argue now, is very famous for if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because everything is starting to be very formulaic with them, which is one of my gripes. The thing that I keep going back to is... If you look back from Thor 1 all the way through just his whole story to where we are now, there's always been a direction they were going, even with the character. There's always been either some consequence or something that he lost that he has to get back and all that. Yeah, you could say he lost Jane and so he has to get her back, but this didn't feel like that. This felt like it was, let's make a Thor movie for the sake of making a Thor movie and just make some money. It didn't really feel like there was, as much as this movie's supposed to be about love, I didn't feel where this was really a movie that was emotional at all. Well, I think the problem with that for me is just that when people want to invoke emotion into a movie, it always seems it has to be something related to cancer, and I have a problem with that. That is the storyline from the comics. So I understand why it went that route. The way that it was done in this movie, where the hammer killing Jane, eventually, and then all of a sudden it's okay, <laughs> is where I have a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, even like the acting thought bother me at one point, because I'm like, some of these don't even look like people really had to work. I'm looking at the guards, the guys who were in the movie for what, like five minutes, if that? Yeah. 
And Chris Pratt looks extremely long. small compared to where he has been in other stuff. He's, he just looked really small. I guess they must have caught him when he came off of weight loss or something. Yeah, I'm, and like I'm, reshots and stuff or something. He seemed weird. That's all. And compared to, yeah. he just had a movie out on Amazon where he looks buffed. So it's like, which one is it? Yeah, and I mean, I know he's famous for the whole he'll get fat and then lose weight thing or whatever. I mean, it felt like Marvel just called people up and were like, hey, we need you to come read a couple lines. And people literally just showed up like when they left the grocery store. It was no thought, no real writing. And so it was just like made something to make it. I don't know if that's a product of Marvel not letting us know where they're going yet. I'm seeing the signs already. A couple of celestial heads in the movie. So again, I'm already like, look, I know we're going Galactus. I get it, but it would have been more effective if you told us that from the beginning, and we kind of knew that's where we headed, and you shaped everything towards that going forward. Because these movies, other than sorry about the plane, the mic on the G5. I'll fly right to California. That's probably what the hell is going on. I think you're going Galactus and all that, but like other than Eternals, introduced Celestials, what does any of the other stuff have to do with anything going that direction? It just seemed like this had to fit into the calendar of releases for Marvel. My big issue is the approach to a lot of Disney movies lately, which seems to be more driven by social, racial ideas shoehorned into a movie. I mean, you see it with Lightyear where people were talking about that movie for different stuff, gender-related stuff. Cookie-cutting a lot of movies social agenda stuff and it winds up watering down the movie because it's like at some point you should be making an action movie you should be making a movie about a superhero but then you have all these other things about uh, valkyrie and her lifestyle like i don't care about any of that i just want solid action movie and this one is let down by the fact that Taika Waititi has a very distinct style of writing. And that style of writing isn't conducive to having two movies of the same ilk. It worked for Thor Ragnarok. It does not work for this movie. I think Disney's over-reliance on him for whatever reasons, whether it be on the Star Wars side and now also on the Marvel side, Taika Waititi's not the Russo brothers. I mean, the Russo no. brothers can continue to deliver different styles of movies, even though they're still superhero movies. Taika Waititi is not that. Taika Waititi is, this is coming from somebody that loves his work. He is very one note. Like, regardless of what movies you have seen for him, they're all kind of the same. Issue with his writing the same way I have an issue with Quentin Tarantino's writing. He is the biggest reason why this movie is a letdown. Just that between the overarching story of Jane now getting the hammer and there's really the hammer's calling her, the hammer's chosen her, which is fine. I expected a lot more out of this movie than what we got. For it to be close to like two hours, it was like maybe like one, like 150 something. And then also the after credit scenes were boring. At this point, Felt like Captain Marvel to me is just like we had to get a movie out because we had to get a movie out because it has to be driven by gender or again into the release schedule. Doesn't work. And also coming off of the issues I had with Doctor Strange, I would call Doctor Strange a dud. Some people love the movie. That's fine. 
you have two dozen back. I've watched that like two more times. I'm not gonna say that I dislike it, but I know before I said that I liked it better than the first one, and I do feel like I probably would retract that statement because I feel like (laughs) the more I watch it, the first one's still better to me now. That's all I was saying. I think it's better than me to me now than this one is. And again, you have somebody that is very genre driven with Sam Raimi, which is why that movie is the way that it is. The reason why Thor is the way that it is, is Disney needs to stop and maybe just go back to giving the movies back to whomever up-and-coming director again. Yeah, they do. Because too many directors have already complained about the workload being forced to do all these things over and over again. Like Even Taika was saying they want him to do Star Wars, but he said he really doesn't want to do it because if he does Star Wars, he wants to write something fresh. He don't want to just take what's already been there. Right, oh, grandma says how to grandpa type thing. And I understood what he was saying. But every director said that. Like, they get burned out, and Disney kind of wears them out. They're just, yeah, we need you, we need you, we need you. And that's part of what made Marvel great was you had fresh faces or people and, outside of the box doing stuff. And I would also say they had interesting characters. I think with this next phase of movies, you've lost the core characters. I mean, Thor technically is one of those core characters. Guardians of the Galaxy is technically a core character or core group of characters. But you lost Iron Man. You lost Steve Rogers, Captain America. I mean, there is the Anthony Mackie Captain America that is coming out. I saw something about that yesterday. I think they have a director now. Technically, the Hulk is somewhere quasi in that Black Widow's gone. Hawkeye's been set the TV. And now you have these groups of characters. People have grown to love. I mean, from the time that Iron Man came out, it was 2007, 2008. You had that time meld with those characters, understand those characters. And these new groups of people that they keep putting forth, i.e. the Eternals. <laughs> Shang-Chi might be the exception. I don't really have any affinity to any of those people or any of these movies. Probably say out of these past phase of movies, I wouldn't rewatch any of them. Maybe Shang-Chi, but I don't need to see that movie again. And I like that movie. And I think that's just a problem with Disney now they're picking the least interesting ones. They're picking the ones that maximize the ESG score. And that's what these movies feel like, that they're just maximizing investment money for BlackRock or whomever else to say, like, hey, well, you put you know X amount of brown faces in the movie. You did that, so you get this extra boost in funding. And I'm kind of getting tired of the Disney approach. And I think Disney owns too much stuff between Star Wars and Marvel and the stuff they already have. I think we need to defund Disney and break them up. (laughs) I actually thought about that yesterday. It was one of the things I was going to say is I actually wouldn't mind if somebody bought Marvel from Disney. I know Disney wouldn't let it go, but like, I feel like there needs to be a fresh company that owns them because this is literally going to be the future going forward. And it's sad because as much as I was looking forward to Fantastic Four and X-Men, I don't know if I am so much anymore. Yeah, and I would at least say that Fox was trying with X-Men, maybe not so much with 
Dark Phoenix. But they had delivered at least two and a half good X-Men movies. And I'm talking about post the original X-Men movies. I'm talking about First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse is complete trash. <laughs> but they would try. They would try. So, but yeah, I think it, just at this point, Disney just needs to really look at what worked before and go back to doing that. Have people talk about Top Gun the way that it is. Like, oh, well, Top Gun is old school filmmaking. No, Top Gun is a solid movie because Tom Cruise doesn't buy into a lot of the BS social issues that portray themselves as we care in a movie. That's what he's not doing. For Top Gun to succeed the way that it has is only done because Tom Cruise just wants to deliver a a solid movie. It's not talking about, well, we need to go into the backstories of all these pilots and their gender roles and what pronouns they're using. We don't care about all that. Can you do the job? Can you go on this mission and do the mission the way that Maverick wants you to do it? Yes or no? And that's the core of Top Gun. This movie, again, is just made for Disney needs to put enough faces in places to maximize their stock price so people invest in them. That's kind of what I feel about this movie. What's the next movie that's coming out? Uh, Black Panther. World of Wakanda. They kind of already told people don't expect too much from the panel. Probably show you some footage of Guardians 3, a whole bunch of stuff. And whatever else they got planned for Disney Plus series, Black Decisions, they're now part of the House of the Mouse. You got to save most stuff for Disney related events. So D23 is the big one where they'll probably announce a whole bunch of other stuff. So, yeah. We'll and I mean, Black Panther is another movie you will likely have to be concerned about because one, Marvel's track record for this phase has not been good. I mean, they, they delivered, we forgot Spider Man. So, two good movies. MC Spider-Man. I hate to say it, I'm starting to lean that more towards a half and half deal because that's still partially Sony control. Yeah. And Sony apparently woke up at the Morbius because I guess it got announced this week that Feige's gonna work on Madam Web now. So All right. Sony's recognizing they need him in some capacity. Two for six. <laughs> right well, now. Like I said, the problem with Black Panther is they didn't recast the child. All right, well, let's just wrap this up because <laughs> we're not even talking about Thor at this point. That's the yeah. key thing. But, Big Mike, if you had to give a score, I know you say you don't know how you feel about it, but if you had to give a score, let's just say, is it positive, even, and or negative? It would right now be negative. And I know I don't rate Marvel too low ever, but I'm even struggling to find a way to give it a five. Thor really caught traction. <laughs> And I was happy. I was looking forward to this. And now I'm just like... Like Thor Ragnarok is a masterpiece of a movie because it redeemed a character that was basically bland. Thor The Dark World, terrible movie. Thor kind of redeemed himself in the Infinity Saga movies. But Ragnarok was crux of his resurgence. The Doctor Strange now is looked upon a little bit more fondly because of the Infinity Saga. 
But before it was like, yeah, yeah, nobody cares about Doctor Strange. I mean, the first number that came to mind was four, so I guess I'll leave it at that for now. But I'm even kind of struggling to find the justification for that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Again, I would probably put it at the 4.5. I doubt if I would see this movie again. And the sad part about it, you had a very good performance out of Christian Bale. Fairly wasted in this movie. It's fairly wasted because the the villain's arc is BS. That he just doesn't want to do it anymore at the end. And you kill them off, which is the other Marvel thing they do. Take great villains, great actors, and kill them off at the one appearance. And it's like, what's even the purpose? So you have no reason. It's like, well, Thor will return because Thor will likely fight Hercules and or Zeus. God of War at this point. I think Disney needs to just chill. They do. With some of these movies. Kind of the same thing with Star Wars. Star Wars just needs to disappear for a little bit. The mainline movies, they probably don't need one. The TV stuff is working out for them. Just chilling the movie stuff. And maybe this needs to happen for Marvel. Like, give me my Blade TV show. Bring back Sticky Things. Uh-uh. <laughs> There's been okay superhero movies before Marvel entered into the fray. Or I guess Disney's iteration of Marvel into the fray. All right. This is Beast Game Podcast. 